This is Dental All-Stars, where we bring you the best in dentistry on marketing, management, and training. Here's your host, Alex Nottingham. Hey everyone, I'm Alex Nottingham, founder of All-Star Dental Academy, and we have a, a team of people here today talking about these topics. I have none other than Larry Gazzardo, our head instructor, and many of you know a lot of his material. Uh, he's phenomenal. We also have uh, Eric Vickery. He is one of our coaches, and he is a, a case acceptance specialist, so I wanted to bring him on board as well to have discussions. And we're going to have a few discussions together, uh, episodes, to address issues of case acceptance, which is a big issue that a lot of people want to know about, is how do I get people to say yes? And so what we're going to start with is with dental treatment acceptance. Treatment acceptance is another name for case acceptance, is why do patients say no? Let's let's discuss that and, and just have a conversation. I'll open the floor to why do they say no? Anybody care to, to begin with this uh, viewpoint? So yeah, Eric, what do you think? Why, okay. why on, on the big, we're talking, because after this, this episode, we're going to talk about the objections in more detail, but why in general do yeah. patients say no? Okay. So I live off two premises here. One is people buy for their reasons, not your reasons. So because I said so, parenting, you know, because I said so just isn't going to work as much as it used to when it comes to dentistry. You need a crown. Why? Because I said, so go up front and see Betty, she'll get you scheduled. Um, so, so knowing what's important to the patient is if we don't know what that is, <laughs> we're just telling them from our standpoint and not really seeking to understand them first, which in rapport building is huge. If you don't have that rapport built, then you'll, you'll run into this problem. Why people say no. Uh, number two is, People don't buy a solution to a problem they don't perceive to have. This is why Rebecca, the receptionist, you know, when she's making her courtesy calls about their upcoming appointment with the doctor, and they say, oh, I was just getting ready to call you. I'm so glad you called me. And all the, all the administrators can finish the line. You know, that tooth's not even bothering me. I'm going to go ahead and wait. You know, the perception is no pain, no problem, no pay. So we have to make sure that they're understanding what the problem really is before they'll ever be interested in hearing what the solution is. And I think in dentistry, we have a real problem with skipping A and jumping right into B, C, and D. Here's our treatment plan. We wanna go over with you. You need, you need, you need. People don't wanna be told what they need. They wanna hear it in, in their terminology for their reasons, and they wanna understand what that problem is. So for me, those are the two, the big two issues I see dental offices not knowing how to navigate those to prevent those objections or reasons for not moving forward. Now I heard when what you were saying, and, and I wonder if you may have said it or a different way, but this is kind of the psychology that people want to buy and not be sold to. Yes. And the same thing with children, people, children want to do, but not be told to do. It's the, the autonomy question. feeling, right? Yeah. Why they want to figure it out. They want to so. figure it out on their own and yeah. connect the dots together because what, what i would add to what eric said is that beyond that is they don't understand the implications of the problems that they have you see if you would call a patient and say oh you know, i was just getting ready to call you i was going to cancel that appointment because it doesn't hurt yeah that's a patient who doesn't understand what does it mean when a when a 
when a, a consequence, a, a, you know what I mean, a, a tooth hurts. Like, what's the progression of this disease now? What can you expect if there's no treatment done to this this tooth? So, so along with having a solution that doesn't fit the patient's problem, you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't solve the problem that I think I have. The other issue is I don't really think my problem is going to get worse. And so yes. if you have a patient who doesn't think their problem is going to get worse, that's where these implications are so important. If they don't think their problem is going to get worse, then then they think waiting until it does hurt makes sense. That's that's our problem. This I just was doing this with a client in North Carolina before we jumped on. And we were I was talking about the heat, Larry. We were just talking about how hot it is. And my air conditioner unit went out a couple summers ago. And now I have two units, right? So we lived a week without AC on one side of the house. And everybody knows air conditioning units are super expensive, except for this guy. I, I had no idea. And, you know, going through that process, you think, okay, well, the other side of the house is going to go, Eric. It's it's going to go. But if it's not going to be more expensive when it goes, I just got to live with a, a week of heat. I'll, I'll probably wait because I want to get every last minute out of that AC unit as possible. Now, if somebody said to me, yeah, but if you wait for the air conditioning unit to go, then the furnace up above it that's connected to it is going to have a real problem, and now you're going to double your expense. Uh, sign me up. I'll, I'll replace it right now. And and what happens in dentistry is they not only don't understand what the problem is, but just like what Larry's saying is they don't understand the consequences of not doing anything. Yeah, and, and, they, and kind of going along with you know understanding the problem, they also have to agree that it's a problem. Um, I explain to clients all the time, it's frustrating, but we're here to help people be as healthy as they want to be. And, and see, because Eric said it earlier, people do things for their reasons, not ours. And, and, and being as healthy as you want to be is up to them. So, I mean, I think he's giving us really good advice here when he says, you know, our job is to listen to the patient to find out where do they want to go? How healthy do they like to be? You know, some people are okay with some pus, a little bit of yeah. blood. You know, um, but my point is, is if they are, I, I, even though I don't agree with them, if they are and we try to give them a solution to solving that problem, they're never going to agree to it. So our job is to make sure we understand them correctly. How healthy do you like to be? How do you like to take care of yourself? Are, are you the kind of person that fixes things as soon as we know that it becomes a problem? Or are you the kind of individual that just waits till it becomes a problem and totally breaks? You know, once we understand that, then we could talk about the implications of, of each mindset. And and the why no could be a yes to one tooth because that's what my insurance will cover. But it's a no to I, I want to wait until I have my next year's insurance benefits and they don't understand the sequence of phasing treatment. And they get in and the patient starts dictating the treatment plan based upon how much money they have or their insurance or whatever it is, just like me with the air conditioning unit. If I had the money, I'd just go ahead and replace it, right? I got $10,000 laying around, let's replace it. But with the, the the dentistry and the phasing that dental offices do, they phase the treatment, the perception is, oh, that's equal to what my insurance will cover this year and next year. And then four years from now, I'm, I'm doing the last quadrant. Well, the perception they don't understand is what sort of problems are gonna have occurred over the next two, three, four years that are bigger and more expensive than where we're just starting now. And you gotta explain that. You gotta give them a timeline and explain it, so. Yeah, I, I think it's important that you talk to them. Um, you know, we can work with you. These are my concerns about doing it that way. 
And we can be comfortable with the patient chooses so long as we could be comfortable that they understand the risk that they're taking. And so again, I, I think you get a no when they don't fully understand. It, it, it's sort of like um, a patient has a cracked tooth and they say, you know what, I, don't, I really don't want that crown right now. And we say, well, we, we, we understand. Now, if you notice that that tooth is getting sensitive when you bite down on it, or you, know, you notice any pressure, you know, when you bite down or sensitivity, when you drink something hot or cold, you, you, you better give us a call. What, what we're doing there is we're teaching that patient to wait until that tooth becomes problematic because that's what they were doing. They thought, well, yeah, that's what I was waiting for. When it starts to hurt, I'll give you a call. So yeah. sometimes we give a no under the guise of thinking that we're helping the patient, you know, because we're telling them, you know, oh, if you see this, if you see that, you're gonna get into trouble. What we need to ask them is, are you aware of what to expect next, you know, as this tooth continues to degrade, as this crack gets worse? And the patient's like, well, what, what do you mean? And like, well, the next sign that you can expect, because we can see that it's cracked, but the next sign will be that you might drink something cold and your tooth is sensitive. Has anyone ever explained to you what that sensitivity means? No, I, what, what, what could that mean? Well, it means that it's getting close to the nerve. You know, and as that crack gets closer to the nerve, I mean, if you've ever heard of anybody who needed a root canal, oh my God, I, I do, I know somebody, they died. I, I don't want one of those things. And I'm like, see, what the reason why we brought this up was because most of our patients tell us they would like to avoid extra treatment or expense, if at all possible. That, that's why the doctor brought this up right now. You know, now I think I'll quote Eric here. Would it make sense? Would it make sense for us to talk about ways that we could prevent your tooth from becoming sensitive so that it won't get so close to the nerve and then possibly require a root canal? I mean, would it make sense for us to talk about that now? The, the key here is, is I think we get a lot of no's because we're not following along with the patient. We're not finding out what works for them, what, how do they wanna take care of themselves. Anytime we try to make a recommendation that doesn't fit in with what they think they should do, you, you, you're gonna get a no. You know, it's gotta be a problem that they perceive. So we don't wanna teach them, what I'm trying to say here is, we don't wanna teach them to wait until something becomes problematic. Sometimes we get a no because they got it from us. <clears throat> Cause we told them, we'll wait Why for this, we'll wait you. for that. And yeah. Yeah, and I love what, what you said, Eric, like this is, this is this perception of it, that saying yes to a tooth, one tooth is saying no to something greater. Yeah, I thought that was a really kind of paradigm shift or way of viewing it. If because, I take this tooth, I'm not getting my air conditioner. <laughs> well, you know, the what's interesting is um, <clears throat> the perspective on it. Okay, and so continue what you're kind of saying on that because I have another point too that I I kind of let me flesh in my mind first, but I kind of yeah. want to kind of bring that up um, as to, um, you know, anyways. So, so yes, I, li I like that point. Uh, yeah. Perception is key. I just wanted to kind of add that to the mix. Yeah. If their perception is that it's a problem, mm -hmm. at some point the air conditioning is going to go out. When it does, I'll fix it, right? The perception is, well, when the tooth hurts, I'll fix it then. They don't recognize oh. that the root canal, the crown are in addition to what we're talking about today. I think yeah. what I wanted to point out, this is something that is surprising, and, and I'm going to mention a webinar I recommend to all of you at the end of this that I want you to take a look at, is 
what we find is typical case acceptance rates are around 60%. Some people say, oh, we have 100%. Crap, that's not true. Nobody has 100%. But let's say that's 60. When you take into account more complex restorative treatments, bigger cases, your real, your real conversion rate drops to nearly 30%. So, you know, that's where, because you're saying, oh, I got them to accept the tooth. Great, there goes my case acceptance rate. One tooth. Right? One tooth. But yeah. you missed out on something, you know, something greater. This is why you have to track two things in case acceptance. You got to track the number of people who are saying yes, and you got to right. track the dollars of that are saying yes. Because you could have ten people out of ten people say yes and have hundred percent case acceptance, but they all scheduled one tooth and they left ninety percent of the treatment plan in the chart and, and not moving forward. You That's have to have point. at least sixty percent of the dollars and eighty percent of the people. So, you know, you're interviewing two hygienists and, and, and one comes to you and says, I have 100% case acceptance. The other says, I have 60%, which do you hire? You don't have enough information, you know, because the one who's getting 100% case acceptance is just scheduling everybody because she's presenting one tooth at a time and, and it's trickling and that sort of thing. And she's presenting $20,000 a month. Hygienist two, who's getting 60% case acceptance, well, how much are the dollars? I'm presenting $100,000 a month. And I'm presenting the whole case to the patient. I'm comfortable and confident doing that. And more patients are getting more healthy. Uh, that's who I want to work with. That's somebody that I want to say, okay, how do we get everyone on the same same page with that person? So, so uh, what I hear you saying is, is again, you, you want to track. It's very important. You want to make sure you understand reality. You understand what's going on. Mm -hmm. You understand. So the big question today was why patients say no. Um, we want to know, number one, how many no's are we getting in reality? Mm -hmm. Because if we are deluding ourselves thinking that they're saying yes, they're really saying no, that's a problem, right? We also want to, and, and Larry and I talk about this in, in, in patient experience, we have the five P's of the patient experience. One of them is preparation, is very important. And even before the patient experience is the actual phone call. We are gathering data from the very beginning of who you are, what you need, and that is going into the discussion of building their profile, who they are and how can I serve them, right? And there's this, as Larry likes to say, seamless experience. We're all connected and so the communication's flowing. How often do you see offices where it's the back and the front and everybody has a role, front office person, office manager, and there's not communicating because they're so monolithic in what they're doing. The communication has to flow so the dentist knows how to relate to the patient up front. Because I think one of the things is we think case acceptance is the very end when we're presenting treatment. That's that's not really um, it. It's it starts from the very beginning, right? I, I see a lot of heads, you know, nodding that yes, because we have to understand their reasons for wanting to take care of themselves. Everybody, it's a exactly. big myth in a dental practice. They feel like, oh, I work here. I don't have to know that. Or right. even though I do work here, the doctor, they're the one who has to know that. And the reality is, is we all have to understand and recognize signs of instability in a patient's mouth. Because <clears throat> we can't forget when the doctor talks to a patient, the patient talks to the staff because they're looking for that reassurance. They're looking for encouragement. So the doctor says, wow, we should do something about this. And as soon as the doctor walks away, they look to the hygienist or whoever's next to them, what do you think about that? 
And of course, yeah. if we can't confidently, oh my gosh, we see this all the time, and, and the doctor is correct that this should be treated as quickly as possible now that we know that it's a problem, uh, you're going to have a patient who's going to wait because you just gave them that in. You just gave it to them by being hesitant. If they go to the front desk and things aren't charted correctly, so the front desk can't just click a tooth and go, oh, the reason why you need to have this done is because it's cracked. Gosh, Mrs. Jones, didn't we explain to you why we get so concerned when we see a tooth that's cracked? The patient's going to say no, even though I know we just told them, because they're testing yeah. us. Are you going right. to reassure me? Are you going to make me feel good about making this decision? You know, because you know, I, I, are you I reinforcing look, what I just heard? I look at it, and anybody in a situation going to dental office is not something people typically look forward to. Although my grandfather, he used to like doing that for whatever reason. But there's few people that enjoy. Yeah, I had a grandfather, not on my father's side, that would always want to go see my dad. My dad's a dentist. And he's like, what else can you find? What other teeth can you work on? He just loved going, <laughs> loved seeing my dad, loved going to dentist. That's yeah, right. Those are strange people. Okay. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. exactly. What else can you find? <laughs> but people wait, are. Say, I'd want to see your it, dad because he's, he's a good free guy. Too? <laughs> was uh, it free? I, I think he took his insurance. I don't know, but it was, okay. yeah, it, it wasn't, ex it was mostly free. He just okay. enjoyed you know, talking. He liked the attention. Anyways, but the point is people don't like to go to the dentist. They're afraid. They don't want to necessarily spend the money. They're skeptical, especially because there's so much sales training out there and maybe patients are feel like dentists may be pressuring them or whatever it is. You're always nervous. What are they going to do? But so, you know, and this is just general whenever you're uh, the recipient of a service, you're always nervous. And I think in today's culture, you know, almost like a deer, you know, you don't want to startle the deer and they run. And, and, and again, big question, why patients say no, right? So I, I start with, if you don't have the experience down, if you're not in lockstep, if you don't know this person and take good care of them, this is the prerequisites. Okay. It's not enough. You still have to do other things like you're talking about implications and consequences and there are certain verbiage and strategies but if you don't have the foundation set and you're not in lockstep that like i think larry you were pointing it out or eric they are looking for something to reaffirm their belief that they're out to get me they don't care about me and we're going to run well that, that right their, their brain is always run. trying to rationalize their decision correct that's why they'll say well it doesn't hurt you know even though there's not a right. lot of logic to that because this is an emotional decision. Yeah. So, so along with your thing of, you know, why do people say no? Sometimes they say no because they can't figure it out on their own. Maybe we right. never showed them a picture. Exactly. You know, we we never explained it to them. We never we never showed it to them. So, so that that goes into it as well. They want to be able to see it for themselves. So people would 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 rather risk making no decision than than risk making a stupid decision. So if they don't one. understand it, yeah. They don't understand it they'll just they'll pause in this okay i already know where i am now i'm going to stay here and they'll overanalyze it they'll they'll retreat to safety what they perceive as safety because when you you said where does case acceptance begin it begins at hello right where we we start building that rapport in the process when they sit in the chair it continues and they have to be diagnosing along with us and if they don't understand what we're saying you know i hear all the time modlxb amalgam on number two with a you know, I have fraction on an occlusal defective margin with leaking margins in a class five frication, put a hemisection and let's put a crown on that. Like the only thing they get is the crown part. And when they hear the crown word, the only thing they think about is money. And yeah. so we're doing ourselves a disservice by 
they don't want to be sold. We just said they don't want to be sold. And and so all we did was just sell them and we didn't mean to. And all they're thinking about now, they're not hearing anything else now. It's Charlie Brown's teacher. And all they're hearing is crown. And they're just thinking about how am I going to afford all this crown, crown, filling, onlay, uh, uh, you know, bridge or implant, whatever it is. And it just sounds costly to them. And they don't understand why we're calling out all these dollars they got to pay. You well, know, and that's why not not to cut you off yeah. though, Alex, but in the treatment presentation course we teach and in the patient experience, what we all have to remember is this is all a process for the patient. And it's a process of them learning about how to be healthy. And 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 so the in the course we talk about all of those steps because it's it's by following the steps that the patient's able to start to make that distinction. See the, see, the deal that we're working with that's very difficult is there used to be a time when a doctor said, this is what you must do. People said, okay, mm -hmm. I, I'm doing that's it. True. You know, because it used to be doctor's orders. You know, because what doctor so. gives orders anymore? They get punched in the nose nowadays. <laughs> and so, you know, people think they know more than the doctor knows. So it's gotta be the patient's idea, more or less. So, so what we have to remember is that the process that we put in place is what teaches the patient, oh, I should probably do something about this. You know, and what do you think? It, it, the process is what brings right. them to that conclusion. Sounds like you think I should treat this tooth. <laughs> you know what I mean? Co-diagnosis, co yeah. The sun comes yeah. in. So without the process, the patient never comes to it. Because the big thing that we're dealing with is the fact that when you're dealing with know-it-alls, they don't respect decisions that anybody makes without their input. They think I should have had a say-so here. And if you're going to tell me what to do, well, then you should just expect resistance at that point. Yeah. Yep. Well, what is the number one reason why people fail to make a decision? This is about decision-making. We all think, typically we think it's a price it's too expensive. And we're going to talk oh, in no. our next episode. I think it's about, how they it's how they feel about it. In our next episode, we're going to talk about the the objections. The number one reason people don't make a decision is a fear of making the wrong decision. And I think, like a lot of you said, is if you provide the implications, the perspective, and so on, if they're co-diagnosing with you in the process, they made the decision on their own, and it takes away that fear of. You know, I've been duped or made the wrong decision. So I think this was great, gentlemen. We're gonna sign off here, and I encourage everybody to 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 kind of review what we're talking about. And and actually, and we'll be like I said in our next episode, we'll talk about objections. But I also want everybody to, if you haven't already, sign up for our webinar, case acceptance. It is all star case acceptance. Getting patients to say yes without hype, pressure, and selling. And there's some great material. A lot of it was, I'll be presenting it, but much of the material was contributed in tandem with Larry Gazzardo. And and also in our case acceptance course, we even have some, we have some uh, contribution from Eric. So I want to thank you so much for for the help there. So take advantage of it. It's a free course. It's it's really great. There's some things in there that are really going to surprise you about case acceptance. And and you'll see, I don't want to give it away, but there's a lot of surprises. There's three pitfalls to case acceptance you got to learn about and something that's a turn it all around on you. You'd be like, really, that's that's what's happening with case acceptance. Very, very exciting stuff. I definitely recommend you check that out. So until next time, everyone, and Eric, we do this at the end of some of our, we say go out there and be an all-star. Remember that? So yeah. until next time, go out there and be, be. 
and All-Star. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Dental All-Stars. Visit us online at allstardentalacademy.com.